Welcome to Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. My name is John Bartlett, and I'm your host. Kate Lever is an Australian-born, London-based journalist, author, speaker, and branded content specialist. She also regularly appears on TV and radio. Her first book, The Friendship Cure, was released in 2018 about the art and science of friendship. Her new book, Good Dog, draws on science, research, and real-life examples to show how vastly a dog can improve our mental and physical health. Kate, welcome to Dog Save the People. I'm so happy to have you here. Where are we speaking to you from? I am in what I call the podcast recording corner of my living room in London. So, Kate, where are you from originally? Uh, I was born and raised and spent the first 27 years of my life in Sydney, Australia. So almost as far away as you could possibly be from where I am right now. That is. Yeah, that's a long that's a long haul, but it's a beautiful, beautiful area. Uh, it really is. Yeah, I miss it. Now, I understand that you face some personal struggles over the years. Could you tell me a little bit more about that, please? I think I was referred to my first psychiatrist when I was 11 or 12. What depression does is it robs us of the chance to participate in our own lives. And it makes you feel like you can't properly feel any of those normal human experiences and emotions. So, it, And it also manifests so physically for me. Whenever I go through a depressive episode, my whole body is heavy and I'm tired, but I can't sleep. And even when I do sleep, there's no refreshment. It's really something I've been dealing with my whole life. I'm in my early 30s now. At times throughout my life, that has been a really, really grim experience. For myself, I felt depression before. Mm-hmm. I know what an impact that has had on my, on my life and on my mood. Over you know the last few decades, I have found ways of living with depression. I've come to terms with the fact that it's probably never going to go away. It's not something you cure permanently necessarily. I am extremely lucky that I have a wonderful network. I have beautiful parents uh, and wonderful friends. I have a beloved partner. But human beings generally have, you know, obligations, professional obligations, such as leaving the house to go to a job. I was on a mission, and that mission was to get a dog. So what was that process like, finding a dog for you? I was on the Battersea website. Battersea is one of the oldest dog and cat shelters over here in the UK. I think there were four pictures of Bert on the website and one of them inexplicably, like obviously the person taking the photographs was in a hurry and didn't notice that one of them was actually him crouching down to have a wee. And I thought it was so funny that that was like on his his version of a dating profile. <laughs> and he just looks kind of, kind of this lovely combination of grumpy and sweet, which I think is perfect for a dog companion. Uh, So we ended up with a puppy, and I never intended to get a puppy. We ended up going with Bertie or Bert, and for formal occasions we give him any long version of Bert that we feel. You know, it could be Robert, Albert, Bertrand, Herbert, (laughs) anything we feel in the mood for, but mainly he's Bert or Bertie. I love it. So at this point when you got Bert, where were you at in your mental health journey? So not too long after Bert moved in with us, I found out through it's sort of a complicated story to do with the the health system over here in England, but I basically couldn't access the antidepressants that I was on when we moved house. Anyone who has come off antidepressant medication and also onto another one knows that it's not an easy journey. 
it was unpleasant um, for quite a time. There were weeks on end when I couldn't really do much work or see people or uh, enjoy the experience of being alive. And throughout that, Jono, my partner, did such a beautiful job of caring for me. He made sure I was fed. He made sure I was safe and felt loved. And that was a beautiful thing. So basically, you know, Jono was taking the evening and weekend shift looking after me. And Bert, who has no such professional obligations, he does not work for a living, uh, was able to stay with me throughout the day, round the clock. What did you notice on how you felt differently in having a dog around? Uh, So really, it just meant that I wasn't alone. And if there's one thing that depression makes you feel, it is alone. As, as well as being physically isolating because you often have the instinct to hibernate and not leave the house so much. But with Bert, he demanded to be taken for his daily walk at the park. <laughs> so it meant, you know, I could have read thousands of articles telling me that there were psychological benefits to exercise and fresh air and that I should get outside and go for a walk at the very least and it would help me with my mood, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I would have ignored them all because when you're depressed, the idea of moving your body and leaving the house is daunting and sometimes impossible. But, you know, the look on my dog's face and realize he needs to go for a walk and I'm like, just let me get my jacket, let's go. I'm now a a big believer in tree therapy and I think proximity to green things and breathing in fresh oxygen is just so important. It's in no way a cure, but it is wonderfully helpful and Bert's company really showed me that. I know that for me when I take my dogs upstate and we get out of the city, everything changes and I'm able to really relax with them and really view the world through their eyes. And we stop and we smell the roses. We stop and sniff everything. Yeah. He was just there by my side. And I noticed that I think his behavior changed as well. Oftentimes when I'm emotionally stable, he wanders around, he sits by himself, he does his own thing. When I'm sad, he just glues himself to me like a pilot fish and he would not leave my side. I think he could tell something was wrong and um, he would lie across my chest when I was particularly distressed, which is interesting because later when I was researching therapy dogs for the book, I would find out that they actually teach therapy dogs to do that, to lie themselves across your chest because something about that, the weight of an animal and the warmth of an animal has a calming effect, a soothing effect on your nervous system. And that can be really helpful and effective during, say, an anxiety attack or a panic attack, Um, but also just, you know, the continued state of being bereft through depression. I know in my own life, so I lost my husband about four years ago to cancer. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's been, you know, it's been quite a journey. Mm. But... Having three dogs in my life helped me basically similar to your situation. I had to get up every morning. I got up, I walked them. I was responsible for them. I had to show up. I had to show up for them. And that got me moving. It got me out of the house and it got me out into nature. But the other thing is, and I do think that they knew that there was something going on with me because they were on me. They were on me like a weighted blanket. And one of them is a Bernese mountain dog who's a hundred pounds and he was on me. But so amazing, and it's something that I will never, ever forget. And they truly were a huge part of my healing process. And um, I do think that it's just, I think that we're just starting to scratch the surface 
with how dogs and animals, but dogs specifically, because we've had such a long relationship with them through the ages, how they really are able to change our life, to save us and to be alongside us in our journey in this life. And I love this idea that you've been able to really delve into that in in your book. Grief is one of the sort of most complicated and difficult and enduringly devastating things that a person can go through. And I've heard so many people who've gone through big, big grief like you have talk about the fact that it never really goes away. You just learn to live with it in your life. And I think having a dog in your life, if you are a dog person, um, or three dogs in your case, including an enormous one, I'm not sitting here pretending and I don't write in the book that dogs are a cure-all for all of our problems. Right. But if a problem shared is a problem halved or whatever proverb you want to bring up about the incredible comfort that comes from sharing pain with other human beings, the same is true of having a canine companion through something like grief or, in my case, depression. Yes. And there's something even about being responsible for his welfare that brings me out of myself and makes me feel like a worthwhile person again when I doubt that. And um, that can be a, a really, as you say, a healing thing when you're going through something. It's nice to talk to someone who gets it. You can tell pretty quickly when people get this stuff because I think a lot of people think a dog yeah. is just a pet, quote unquote, but they, they can be so, so much more than that. Oh, they sure are. And I wanted to ask you, so the first book that you wrote about was about friendship, mm-hmm. and this one is about dogs. How did you come to find this topic? And tell me a little bit about the book, please. Uh, the book is called Good Dog. Uh, I think the the little subtitle is uh, The Dogs That Change and Sometimes Even Save Our Lives, and that's basically the premise. I was saying to my boyfriend, what should I write a book about? And uh, when I wrote the book about friendship, I essentially spent the next few years of my life answering questions about friendship, you know, at events, in speeches, in articles. It sort of became a thing. I was asked about it all the time. And he said to me, you know, knowing what you know now about the process of a book, choose a topic that you're happy to talk about for ages and ages afterwards, which was very good advice. And I think I looked at Bert and sort of said jokingly, what about I write a book about Bert? Because I'd be happy to talk about him forever. And the more I thought about it, I realized it wasn't a joke at all, because I think there was a real story in how he helped me get through depression and how he continues to make my life better every day. Yes. And so the first story in the book in Good Dog is the story of how I got Bert. And so then I contacted, you know, canine behavioral experts and vets and all sorts of things. Anyone who would listen to me, I would say to them, listen, can my dog smell depression? Or is that a crazy thing to say? And, you know, thankfully for me, a lot of them said, yeah, you know, that's not crazy at all. It could be that he can smell cortisol because cortisol is the stress, the the hormone we um, produce when we're stressed. It's kind of that fight or flight instinct comes along with that. And uh, perhaps uh, there's a pheromone that's linked to sadness that a dog can smell that we don't necessarily pick up on. A few of the experts said, you know, he's also probably more perceptive than we in society give him credit for. I would agree with that. Uh, And maybe he can tell from your body language, you know, slouched shoulders, slow movement, spending more time in bed, that sort of thing, that perhaps something's wrong. And uh, there's some beautiful research that says that dogs are capable of empathy. So really, he does want to do his best to help. Yeah, I agree. I think my dogs can tell when I'm feeling down and they really do try to make me feel better. 
So I told that story and then I basically went on a mission to find other stories of other dogs who had changed or saved the lives of human beings and then basically repeated that process over and over of starting with the personal moving story and then shimmying into some more kind of data and expert opinion to really learn myself and then teach other people about the importance of dogs. Would you mind sharing some examples from your book about some of the people that you met and their stories with their dogs? So there's an 11-year-old boy who lives with autism who has a pug called Missy, um, and we spoke about the support, the emotional support that that Missy provides him. And, you know, I didn't know much about autism support dogs, but they're a thing. They're very effective and they're very interesting. I met a dog who's a court companion dog in Sydney who helps to comfort people who have been witnesses or victims of crime before they go and testify. To have a dog there can just make all the difference. You know, there's a beautiful story I tell in the book of these two girls in America who had to make possibly one of the most devastating witness statements or victim impact statements that it's possible to expect from a person because they had been assaulted by their father and they had to testify against their father and they just didn't want to speak didn't couldn't do it but they had this beautiful court companion dog who was allowed to come in with them and be beside them as they gave this harrowing evidence and it gave them the courage to speak about just the most unthinkably awful stuff. And I, I just think that's the power of dogs in terms of helping us with trauma. And I think they can just be the most powerful companions. Wow. What an incredible journey for you and to get to research all of these things. So Kate, it's been so lovely speaking with you and your book, Good Dog, Celebrating Dogs Who Change and Sometimes Even Save Our Lives is out, I know, on Amazon. Is there anywhere else that we can find it? Yes. Yeah, so in America, it's out with HarperCollins. It okay. should be in all good bookshops. And if it's not, you can ask your bookseller to uh, to order it in. I don't know many American bookshops. I only know Barnes & Noble because I remember it from movies. Sure. Uh, but it should be available on anywhere you usually buy your books. And, uh, you know, when in doubt, support your independent booksellers. Always. Kate, where can we find you and Bert on Instagram? Across all social media, I am Kate I. Lever. The I stands for Imogen. It's my middle name. And Bert is Little Bertie the Dog on Instagram. Beautiful. It was really lovely to speak with Kate and to hear about how her dog, Bert, helped her through the bipolar and depression struggles that she was having. I also really enjoyed hearing about her new book, and I'm super excited to read it. And to learn more about this theme that we have explored here on Dog Save the People with our podcast and something that I can never get enough of. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. This show is a production of As It Should Be, a content studio. It is made with the support of executive producer Scott Benaglio and our producer and editor Jack Summer. Special thanks to our composer and neighbor Daniel Lampert for creating the music for the show. You can subscribe to Dog Save the People on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review or rating. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at Dog Save the People, Facebook at Dog Save the People Podcast, and Twitter at Dog Save the PPL. We have a new gift shop on the DogSaveThePeople.com website with our first line of show merchandise that includes super soft t-shirts 
We are also happy to say that the shirts from the Tiny Tim Rescue Fund, my foundation, have also been added to the DogSaveThePeople.com gift shop. Profits from these t-shirts will be going to support independent rescues and shelters. If you have any questions or submissions, you can reach out to us on our website or on social media or email us at DogSaveThePeople at gmail.com. New episodes come out every other Tuesday, so see you next week for another episode from Dog Save the People.